Hi everyone, I just wanted to make a quick uh, content warning uh, announcement for this podcast so that no one is taken by surprise. We do discuss homophobic and anti-queer language as well as uh, racist language on this podcast. So please be aware and um, I hope you are all safe and sound right now. Thank you. Hi everyone, I'm Virginia Dwan, also known as my grandmama. I host this podcast, the Nina Army Podcast, where we discuss the particular aspects and challenges of being a middle-aged BTS fan. Um, I am the entertainment editor for Mochi Magazine and a freelance writer and the founder of Brazen Asian, which is an intimate retreat for Asian Pacific Islander, Desi American creatives and influencers. Today, my special guest is Jeff Harry, and I'll let him introduce himself. I'm Jeff Harry with Rediscover Your Play, and I am frustrated and don't know what to do based off of what has been going on in the news. (laughs) Yeah, so for those of uh, you listening in the future, it is Friday, May 29th of 2020, uh, 6.14 in the morning Pacific time, and... Thus far, <laughs> America is currently on fire, um, rightfully so, I think, actually. Um, and uh, you may be wondering why this is actually being said on a podcast about BTS. And that is because I feel as if, if BTS were an American band, if BTS were in the context of America, that they would say something, that they would speak out about it. I probably not directly, uh, but in their music and their lyrics, and in their actually maybe even directly. I, I found out yesterday that they did speak out against uh, the president Park. I think the one that was uh, the president the, who was uh, impeached, and they spoke out against her when there was like the civil fiery. A disaster when and just against her kind of clamping down on citizens rights um so yeah in in light of that and in well jeff and i are actually pretty vocal about things off of this podcast so for those of you who don't know us except from the podcast this might it, it probably isn't too much of a surprise if you've heard our other episodes or my other episodes um but yeah, today we're going to talk about how BTS, actually not even so much BTS, but how we can be like BTS and use our platforms and influence to speak out against injustice. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, it feels so heavy and helpless. And, and uh, talking about just like not knowing what the right thing to do is, how to respond. Um, The fact that this is happening because people just don't believe in the basic humanity and personage of Black people. You know, you're part of the Black community, right, Jeff? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean... Oh man! Cluster. Oh, just a clusterfuck. 
I guess what I find so crazy is that, like, that's what I said earlier, is how can it get worse? And then it gets worse. <laughs> you know? I mean, just the you know, go through the events really quickly is, you know, you had, I think, on a Monday, uh, that person at Central Park, Amy Cooper, you know, um, almost like get this man who was watching birds arrested. Right, bird watching, like the least violent thing you could do. So that happens on Monday, and then this guy gets killed, I think, on Wednesday. Wednesday or Tuesday? I or Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. He gets killed on Tuesday. You know, um, he gets murdered. He gets murdered on Tuesday. And when you look at the videotapes afterwards, um, other videotapes, uh, other video, it's just like he wasn't even resisting arrest. Um, no. And then wasn't. now a lot of cops, especially a lot of cops actually on TikTok of all things, are saying like, I would never put my knee on someone's neck. I would never do that. You know, that is not police protocol. And then later on, you find out this dude that did this had like 12 other incidences, including three other people that he also murdered, you know, on the job. So it's like, dude, come on. And this is happening all during a pandemic. And then the outrage when people get really pissed off and start rioting and looting and people are like, I can't believe People are looting. And it's like, dude, you know, in addition that it, the system's corrupt, in addition that so many people of color have been targeted and killed or murdered, um, you also have 40 million people that are unemployed now. You also know that, like, so many, you know, millionaires and billionaires got bailed out and companies got bailed out, but small businesses didn't, and a lot of people didn't. Um, so you're seeing all this corruption happening, and then you're losing your health insurance, and you may not be able to pay your rent, and then this thing happens, and you get, you're so pissed off that you feel like you have to rage in some way or another. And people are like, I can't believe people are acting that way. It's like, come on, man. Like, come on. Put I mean, do you guys rioted, not rioted, but like, showed up with guns because we had the audacity to tell you to wear a fucking I know, mask. man. And you're telling me that you can't believe someone, people are rioting because they've been systematically treated like worse than garbage for, for 400 years? You're telling me you can't understand that type of mindset when you, when you show up with guns? Because you can't fucking wear, because you have to wear a fucking face mask to go into yeah. Target. Yeah, I remember posting this photo the other day where I just took the protest in Wisconsin, where the guys mm -hmm. were were screaming into the cops' faces with their guns drawn, um, and then shows the other protests in Minneapolis where no one has any weapons and they're getting shot by mace. And you're like, seriously. Like you're not even hiding the double standard. <laughs> like, you're, you're not. You're you're not even hiding your racism. Right? Yeah, like, not. But like, and the sad thing is, like, no one is surprised except white people. Right, or certain. 
certain, certain groups of white, white people. people. But it's like, dude. And certain groups of Asians, I would say. You know, yeah. Asians are complicit by our silence. And, and I was, I actually was writing about this the other day because, you know, it may be like look at racialized violence, you know, like the mm-hmm. hist- history of racialized violence. Mm-hmm. And they recorded the last lynching happened in 1981. The last recorded where it was considered a lynching, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said, um, what was, was it his name? Ahmed Aubrey, the, mm-hmm. the guy, the runner that got mm-hmm. murdered like a couple weeks ago. Someone might have said that was lynching. Um, but yeah, like they recorded the equal, uh, I think, Equal Justice Alliance recorded that there were like 4,000 lynchings between, you know, I think it was like 1880 and like 1961 that were recorded. Obviously, there's obviously more. Um, These are like lynchings of like where people literally would not only hang somebody, but people would come around and hang out like it was a picnic. Yeah. There was one in 1961 where they were like passing out flyers and advertisements for it. Like it was this thing, uh, like, like it was like a, like a, like a carnival or something. So, so then that, that just, that whole mentality, a lot of people say that then from white supremacy was like infused into many police departments and that those lynchings never stopped. They just changed into a different, more legal form. Just mm-hmm. like lynching was legal way back when, now this is legal. Yeah. So if you look at it in that historical context, it shouldn't be a surprise. It's just sad though, because you're like, it's 2020, dude. It's not 1920. Well, it's... it's the. <sighs> The word is what brazen impunity they can do things with impunity because no one stops them because they are their power they can you know and they and uh hey folks i know you're listening because if you're still listening because it's a bts podcast <laughs> but uh the reason why i am including this on a bts podcast is because BTS has a tradition of speaking truth to power. They have a tradition of speaking. Um, oh, Jet hasn't seen the debut songs, but he has seen other. Like the debut, they debuted with No More Dream, talking about how the pressures of parents and, and society telling them that they have to do things a certain way, that they have to, you know, they have to get an education, they have to get a good job, and then, you know, then maybe they can go after the things that they want. They have a tradition of speaking truth to power. And like songs like NO, even Spring Day, which I don't know if Jeff saw, but like they were speaking out. Even their Love Love Myself um, song has a clear clear challenging message, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm just saying like where it speaks to, I mean, it's this idea of self love, but it's also this idea of, of like, not buying into all the BS that's around you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, showing love to yourself the way in which you would show love to others. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, 
which also goes against consumerism because when you're not loving yourself, you buy a lot of stuff. So, well, yeah. Well, I mean, look like uh, Sugar's um, August D's mixtape, right? What do you think? What do you think? He said his original version was even more shocking. It was a lot more swearing and a lot. And his his boss, he had turned it in. He's like, I don't know if you guys want to say okay with these lyrics. His boss was like, but Bambidi, he was like, go for it. Fuck it. <laughs> well, I don't think he said fuck it, but like, and then he's like, oh, I'll change it. But, um, but like, they talk about capitalism, how it's a rigged system. You're a slave, you know? And then, and uh, I feel as if, oh, oh, we reacted to Ugg, right? They're talking mm -hmm. about anger and they're talking about how people online waste their anger on stupid things when really they should be angry about big things. Yeah. Like injustice, right? Yeah. And so you waste it on like the little things when, and you make anger in general seem seem not cool or not not cool but like you don't use it for what it's for and you know what yes the protesters are using anger for what it's for that's right i feel like it's righteous anger you should you you know like and uh i think it's easy for me to say burn everything down fuck the system um in my safe little house in the suburbs mm -hmm. you know there's that conflict right because i do I do think people have the right to riot, especially when you've been oppressed for so long and you're constantly reminded of your, of your, uh, of what people think of you, of what people think that you're, that you're nothing. And, and I think to love yourself in that instance is to say, no, we will not take this anymore. And it is not okay. What, what is it? What is it that, uh, MLK says, uh, the riot is the language of the unheard. Right. Right. Um, like you, you've been civil this whole time, and what does that get you? Mm -hmm. What does that get you? It gets you nothing. You, you're supposed to you're supposed to sit down and take it, so that maybe your great great like you know it's 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 a and so to love yourself, it's just, is to declare this is a declaration. Like no, we are people. We deserve to be treated like people. Yeah, and to people and to those who do not believe that. We are people. It sounds like, oh, well, they're just, they're just rioting and looting. How, how terrible. They should have just peacefully said something. No, honey, we've been saying peacefully well, for also like, hundreds of years. And well, but in addition to that, it's also like, well, the guys that showed up with guns a couple of weeks ago because they wanted haircuts and go golfing and restaurants to be open, <laughs> like, they weren't peaceful. I mean, if you can sit, or unless you interpret, you know, caring you know, rifles and AR-15s and all these other things as peaceful. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. It's just... Oh. And, and you know, when I post this video on YouTube, it's going to get a content warning on it. Like, I have to declare that it is... It is... Uh, to monetize, right? Like, they, they ask you, like, do, do you discuss sensitive events? Oh, yeah. And I'll have to, if I don't, they'll flag it. Wow. Yeah. What's, yeah. In, what's interesting, so I, I don't know, this is a roundabout random thing, but there's this, I forgot what the person's name is, but she's super popular on TikTok. 
Um, and she goes, I think her name goes by Step Chickens or whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, she's hilarious. This is an Asian woman. And um, she posted this video talking about how does she deal with all the hate? How does she deal with all the hate that mm. people post? And her first thing was she like, I think she quoted Casey Neistat and she was just like, people that hate are, well, I don't agree with this, but he referred to as the people that hate are losers. Because she's like, if you go to their, anyone that hates on me, if you actually go to any of their like, URL, their, you know, their, their pages, they either aren't posting their face or they're posting some cartoon or anime or something like that because they're ashamed of showing who they are and they're like cowardly in their way. Or if, if they are posting any content, it's either all hate content or very few pieces of content. So they're willing to like scream at everyone and be outside the arena as Brene Brown says, but they're not willing to like dive into it. Um, Mm -hmm. what was the other thing what was the other reason she post um mentioned is well it was really more of like this message of like it really like they also are coming from a very hurt place Mm -hmm. you know and like to think that they wake up in the morning and then want to spend their time making videos or writing comments they're just in a very like like just like damaged place Mm-hmm. Um, and is that you should just, you know, feel some, or either feels a certain level of empathy for them or just not really care what they have to say. And it was, and she was like, when I, when I embraced that, then, then it was super like liberating. Yeah. Um, and I, and the reason why I kind of, that kind of brings up with the protest part is there's a, pro, there's a part of people that are like, whoa, should I go out there? Should I be out there? What are people going to think? Could I lose my job if I'm seen being out there? Like, People yes. say that all the time about any controversial thing that they might want to speak up on. Um, you know, I've even thought about that when I like make like videos where I like mock millionaires and billionaires. Like, what if I'm pitching to an organization run by one of those later on? Like, oh, are they going <laughs> to find that content and then say no? Like, that's like the risk that you um, are taking. And that's, it's brave, you know, and, uh, you know, when like a band like BTS, you know, or a group like BTS is able to speak up about something and use their platform, because then it gives permission for everyone else to be like, hey, maybe I want to speak on that now, too. And if this group can, maybe I can. And mm-hmm. so to think about the power that each of us have, even in, you know, the, the, the narrow, you know, group that we speak to um it's still a platform you yeah know? well i mean i don't i don't think you've seen their u.n speech have you seen their u.n speech i did see their u.n speech did you? okay right okay okay so like and <laughs> my own, you didn't even tell me i just watched it one day i was like i gotta see this u.n speech after they mentioned that they they spoke yeah and like rm you know they're from south korea south korea is actually a very conservative country um doesn't recognize really lgbt rights um, and he, you know, in front of the UN says like, doesn't matter your gender identity doesn't matter. I mean, that's, that's transformative even in America, right? Because, you know, it doesn't matter your race, the color of your skin, you speak yourself, you know, you know yourself. He, 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 I, 
you know, he's like, I'm, I'm Kim Namjoon, also RM of BTS. I know myself. I know the dream. I know where I started. I know my journey to get here, and I know where I'm going. Or even if I don't know where I'm going. And then he, they chose to say that. And it's, you don't realize how revolutionary what they said was until you, until you think about it. Like, the country that they come from is very conservative. But even if they weren't from that country, even if they were from America, the fact that they even said gender identity, the fact that that's like, that's like something that's still controversial in the U.S. Like, and they could have lost a lot of people. True. Right? They could have lost so many people, even before they... So, um, RM's a pro- professed atheist, too. You know, um, and... I don't know, but he's a very he's not popular person. in South Korea, I'm assuming. Well, you know, not even that. Um, but like, they have lots of fans who are religious, you know. And I know that in I think Indonesia or some countries, they're like, no, they're BTS is of the devil because this person, their leader is atheist. You know, like. Uh, and it do- it does make me realize though, with like any person. Every person has some audience, right? They have mm-hmm. people that are listening to them. Mm-hmm. And it really is like, you really are then challenged to think, you know, what is it that I want to say? Do I want to say things that will get me liked? Or do I want to say things that I actually believe? And that is a hard choice for a lot of people, you mm-hmm. know, day in and day out, especially when some of the things that they do or what they say, you know, um, get them paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are like forced to choose, like, should I speak out on this or not? Like I think of like Muhammad Ali and how his name was Cassius Clay and we changed it to Muhammad Ali. He went to jail. Like, dude, the dude lost like the best, some of his best years of boxing because he was willing to give that up. Then you got a guy who I loved but lost some respect for during this. You have a guy like Michael Jordan that when something really like big happened in Chicago that he could speak on, um, you know, about race, he chose not to because he was like, white people buy Nikes as much as black people, you know, and it's, it's true too. So it's like, so people have choices all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and everyone has that ability. Like you have that choice every day when you choose to speak up um, or not. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, what do you want to do? You know, yeah. at the, you know, at the end of your life, are you going to be really thinking about everyone that you got to like you? Or are you going to be thinking about, you know, that you spoke truth to power? Like, and I think sometimes we all think that you have to be the protester. You have to be the loud Right. Um, and even BTS, I feel like they're very subtle about it sometimes. <laughs> like, um, they're not always, I mean, either, other than I think one time Sugar in the interview uh, outright said that there's nothing wrong with being gay. Right? Like, um, they very rarely talk about it, but they live their lives that way, right? Like, um, Sugar did a the live video talking about the behind the scenes for making his mixtape. And mm-hmm. he's talking about the two songs that we listened to, which is uh, De Tita and um, What Do You Think? He he pretty much said, like, he, he's like, because he always gets criticized. And so I don't, I don't think you know this, but those two songs, his mixtape um, caused a lot of 
there was conflict over it because some artists or some fans, artists were like, you're calling these people out. Why are you calling out so-and-so? And he didn't name any names, right? Huh. Like, Why are you? And so he said, he literally said, I lay traps, in my, in, especially in these two songs. I lay traps, like the traps you put out for cockroaches. He literally said cockroaches. And he's like, and, and even though people know me and know who I am and know that this is what I do, they still step into these traps mm. and they trap themselves. Because he didn't say anyone's name. He didn't say who did what, right? But the people who are saying, oh, you're talking about me. Like, he's like, well, and he said before, he's like, if you, he's like, I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but if you think I'm talking about you, I find that interesting. Yeah. You know? Uh, like, they have another lyric somewhere, like, you know, you played yourself. Right? Like, and it's, so I'm not saying that you always have to be, I feel like everyone has an idea of what it means to be, to speak out. Right. Um, but it doesn't necessarily all have to look the same or be the same. Like, even it's for myself. It's you know? true. It, it, you could, you, it, it could simply, speaking out could simply you having a conversation with a friend that, that mm -hmm. does not understand your perspective on something that you know is controversial between you two. It's simply being able to like say what, is, what you're thinking instead of holding back on it. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I've been, and I don't, at first I didn't know why I was doing this, but I would be responding to people, you know, via social media when they were spreading, um, conspiracy theories about the pandemic, right. Mm. Or, you know, or posting things that I just found super irresponsible because I was like, you're going to get some people killed if they actually follow some of what you're suggesting. Um, mm. And then people are like, well, don't write them back. You know, you're, you're never going to persuade them. But then I realized why I was writing people, you know, over like the span of a month responding to many different people. Um, it wasn't for them. I wasn't trying to persuade the person that was posting this stuff. I was mm -hmm. simply trying to voice another perspective so that anyone else reading would be like, oh, I'm not the only crazy one here. I'm not the only one that thought this was irrational. <laughs> <laughs> right right and that's really what you're doing with anything that you speak up on is you're simply sharing you know your perspective and giving other people permission to be like if you agree you can speak up too or even if you don't agree you can speak up because you see that you know what like i'm brave enough to to share so you should be you should feel you can as well yeah because a lot of times we feel alone um and we're just not yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's hard because like, especially as people of color, you know, there, there are repercussions, you know, there, and you don't know how it's going to turn out. Just like BTS didn't know how it was going to turn out when they were speaking truth to power. They, they, apparently they were on a black, they were on a censored list. They were on a blacklist of artists. That the uh, previous president of Korea uh, put them on because oh. of their outspokenness. But this is before they were like 
huge. You're you're from a small company and you put on a black group. That could be a that could have been a death knell. So I I'm not saying you speak out and you can become like BTS and like fucking take over the world. Um, I mean, you speak out and the majority of the time you get, especially if you're black, right? Like there. But just even think about that. Think about playing this out, right? If you, if you choose to do things so that people can you like you, right? Like I think of those other groups that are trying mm-hmm. to be like BTS, right? Where they're but they want to be popular, and you continue to just do what everyone else is doing because, or you continue to agree to things because you think it will help you to get liked, and you might be successful that way. But then when you finally make your break, then you don't even know who you are at that point because you're kind of just been catering to other people your entire life. While if you spoke, you know, your own truth, you would actually then be getting paid to be you. And isn't that so much more liberating than the other part where I'm like, I have to be this other person to people because this is what they think of me. Like, Gosh, that feels like such a jail cell. No wonder so many artists uh, that do that are, you know, depressed or suicidal. Well, I mean, yeah, it's... Look, I get it. It's hard, right? Like, I, I feel like I'm pretty unapologetic about who I am. But even, I mean, I get... I'm... You know, I, so for those of you who only know me through this podcast or on my YouTube reaction channel, I have, I'm, I was a blogger or I am a blogger and I started off just writing stuff about my family and then I started doing, I, I, I became very well known about talking about teaching my kids Chinese. And uh, I think a lot of people just wanted me to stay in that space. And I've always been vocal about it. Uh, but because, but, you know, I, I got pushback once. Uh, I mean, I, so one of my first few posts that went viral um, was when California was going to reinstate uh, affirmative action. And all the Asians, a lot of Asians were like, no, that's racist. We shouldn't, you know, like, it's terrible. It's, it's against Asian people. Um, and it's always like the, like, people who would have gotten into the university anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. And I was like, you know, there's the meritocracy is a myth. You know, it's a myth. Yeah. And, and, and not everyone has the privileges that we have, uh, even if you think that you don't have any. And I got somehow put on some Chinese forum, and like thousands of people came to my site and called me a whore. Called me, you know, called me. They took one look at my husband and was like, "Well, you know, he's a just because your husband's Mexican, he's not. But even if he were." that's uh, okay with what they're saying you know like um like oh you, you should and even on this youtube channel people have said racist things to me because of what my family looks like uh, and what my husband looks like 
and is a outward phenotype, right? Like, and so it's uh, it's hard because like you know a lot of people are just like just go back to talk about Chinese things. Mm-hmm. But even when I did talk about Chinese things, I was like, it's not like I didn't. I could have catered to like a white audience of like, oh, it's okay, you know, we're all. Good. But no, I was just like, no, you're racist. Don't talk. Don't don't be all like. I grew up like just because it's cool now to learn Chinese. Don't think I forgot you guys Ching Chang Chong. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and which I did get Ching Chang Chong. Even like when my third kid was born, I had the I, and I was like, and I it was at, I was at a kid's birthday party at a mini golf course in um, Hayward or Cache Valley. You know that that, that mini golf course by the oh yeah, of course that one. Yeah, yeah, I got Ching Chang Chong and. And the lady was like, well, my, my boyfriend could do that because he's part Asian. And I, I was so lucky, is it luck? I don't know, that I had a baby in ergo on me because I would have decked him. Wow. And I was like, you know, maybe the best thing is not to be arrested in front of my three children and my friend's kid's birthday party. But I would have decked him. And I say this. As if I could actually ever hit a person. But I, 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 you know, like a different me in a different time and place would have punched it. (laughs) And it's, uh, and I, so, so, you know, I, I, and I would say things like, I don't actually care, you know, my, my site is not for white people. I'm glad if you get something out of it, you know, I'm not opposed to you buying my book. I'm not opposed to you, like, learning from me but don't think i'm going to be like oh those those mean chinese people not allowing you to join their groups so that you can learn so that your kid can learn chinese and so that you know oh but my kid's fluent because he's taken one year of chinese and everybody says this chinese is so good like that's that's not me that's not you know and so like speaking out doesn't necessarily always have to look like what we think it looks like. Right. You know? um, and this is not to like pat myself on the back. I think I've done some pretty dumb things in the name of speaking out. But like, um, but like we all have our platforms and, uh, and we all have our fears. Like sometimes I'm afraid that if I, you know, it's like, it's a conflict. I don't think anybody's just like, Everything I do is like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm worried all the time. Like, I'm a, I've been recognized in different countries. When I've, I've been recognized on the street, on the corner in Taipei, you know, and they're like, oh, are you Mandarin Mama? And they're like, oh, I recognize your children. I'm like, Phew. you know, and then it's so easy to get doxxed. You know, like, what if I say something that pisses someone off and my children, I've been stalked. I've had to issue like, not this is before I became public, but like I've been stopped, and I had to, and it was, you know, and I had to issue restraining orders, and like it's it's very terrifying, and and then there's also like oh if I don't speak out, then what are my friends going to think about me? Like that there's that that flip side, the ugly part, right? Mm-hmm. Of like performative activism, if that makes sense. Um, and I'm not saying that. Everyone has like these pure motives or whatever, but how how can how can we how can we see whole groups of people 
be systematically dehumanized and legislated as if they're not people, as if they're not persons. And then on a purely, so like on the, on the like, this is the right thing to do side, you're like, you can't. How can we be silent? Mm-hmm. And then on a purely like self-interested side, who's going to stand up for us? Who's going to stand with us? As I'm speaking as an Asian person. Who's going to stand up with us if we're silent? Mm-hmm. If we're a bad ally? Mm-hmm. So even in purely, even in purely self-interested terms, you have to show up. <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. Yeah. What do they say? Oh, they're just coming for somebody else until they eventually like come for you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you didn't speak of them. Um, it's hard. It's hard to say what what you feel. But I think a lot of people think like courage is is something you do when you're not scared. When it's actually like I'm freaked out. And I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to take this action anyway. And that's really hard, you know. But I think about it for, like, anyone. There is something you're truly scared to say or speak out on. And, like, that's the thing that you should probably step into. Um, I think the, the challenge, or at least the challenge for me, you know, with, like, situations like this is, is it's what we were talking about earlier. I you know, want to share how like pissed off and frustrated I am, but I'm also not down to go outside and protest because I also feel like that puts my life at risk as well as everyone that I, you know, associate with Mm -hmm. because there still is a pandemic going on. So then it makes me like wonder like, well, how else can I, you know, speak up? You know, Mm -hmm. me clicking one button to reshare something is that is that doing that much work you know or is that just doing the bare minimum so yeah Yeah. but you know what if people didn't reshare things i wouldn't i wouldn't have learned a lot of things you know what i'm saying like um you don't i mean i didn't start off being this like super progressive person, you know, like I thought I was progressive. I was like, oh, you know, it's okay that you're gay. It's like, thanks. Thanks for saying it's okay that I'm who I am. Like, thank, thank, now that you've given me your approval. Your per- yeah. permission, right? Right. right. I was always looking for right. your approval, so thank you. Right. You know, like I went from like, oh, gay people aren't, you know, are sinners to like love the sinner, hate the sin, which is like basically saying, hate everything about who you are as a person. Right. You know, Jesus loves you. Um, so like, uh, you know, it, it's, I feel like I've been moving along towards a progressive. I mean, that's what it means to be progressive, right? It doesn't mean that you've arrived at any destination. You're just, you're just progressing forward. Mm-hmm. That's all that means, right? Like, it, it doesn't mean you have the, like, final bead on anything. It just means you're constantly learning. And when you, what, what's, that, what's that cliche saying? When you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I, what I try to do. It's not, I'm not, I don't claim to, like, have the right answer on everything. But I definitely wouldn't have learned a lot of things if people hadn't clicked reshare 
or retweet. That's true. You know, so I, I think it, it, uh, it's like what they say in advertising, right? Like, you have to hear something like 27 times, a good thing, 27 times before it'll sink in. Mm-hmm. But you only have to hear a bad thing, like, what, three times? Yeah. And so, like, it's, it's part of that, like, trickle, not to quote Reagan or anything, <laughs> but, like, oh, does that make me old when I said Reagan? I think it makes me old. But, um, but like, it's just a little tiny pebble, right? But if you see enough of those, it becomes an avalanche, right? Oh, God, I'm really butchering these cliches today. <laughs> Takes a pebble to start an avalanche. So I mean, it feels like it's nothing, but even that picture you shared, right? Right. I saw it and I shared it. You know, it, it changed. I did. It. It wasn't like you told me anything new, but it was visual, and I was like, oh my god, right? Like, and. And I think there's value in it. Like, think of all the people you know and all the people you touch. Just on my personal Facebook, I have, like, about a 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. Right? I have about a 1,000 people, maybe 2,000 on my, like, actual page, my, my, like, Facebook page, like, my blogs page. You know, I'm not, like, a huge influencer by any means, but, like, those are still a 1,000 people or... 20 people or five people. If it even just changes how you teach your children, that's two future people. But you know what I mean? Like, so it's, um, it's probably, the effect is not direct or immediate, but right. that doesn't mean it, it isn't effective. <laughs> what, what would you... Have you thought about what you would say to your children about what's going on? Or would you just probably not speak about it? It's not the first time we've discussed police brutality. Um, um, do you remember when it was going around, people were like fake calling the police saying like, oh, there's like a, it was like a prank or something? Like, oh, there's a, it's like a few years ago. Oh, no, no, it was a combination of things, like people pretending that someone has a gun and they're calling them. I don't know if it was a real thing. I can't remember. But then also the, the, the kid who got shot in his own backyard with his grandparents, his grandmother. Oh, right, 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 right. And so when that happened, told my because one of my children asked, Mommy, if, if someone pretended that we had a gun, and someone called the police and said that we had a gun, would, we, would the police <laughs> Would it, what, what would happen? And I was like, well, if you're black, you would be dead. Right? Right. Um, and if you're a little cute little Asian girl, maybe you'd be fine. And she starts crying. She's like, I think she's like five or six. And my husband's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, she needs to know. Oh, uh, yeah. She needs to know. She needs to know. Like, my children to this day, I think, think the actual office of the President of the United States is evil. 
<laughs> My husband's like, you can't go around telling them that the president is evil. Although, well, he is. He's like, no, but they actually think the office, or like in movies, when they see the president, they're like, oh, is he a bad person? <laughs> oh, my, well, I mean. Um, yeah. I, I think what's so crazy is I remember mentoring students when I was in college. I was, I was in college in Boston at this, you know, snooty university um but we were mentoring these high school kids from uh roxbury which was one of the few black neighborhoods in boston mm -hmm. um i was mentoring this kid raymond and i remember us like not only training him but training a bunch of other young black men because he was like maybe 15, 16 years old of like what to do when a cop tries to arrest you, like what, what you should be doing regarding documenting. If you can take photos, because at the time, yeah, I guess you could maybe take a photo with your camera, but that was about it. Um, you know, recording it in some way um, and really like doing all this, like there was like this four point plan of all these things you can do to stay safe so you don't get shot that was like 1999 2000 yeah like come on man like seriously 21 years ago and then i just saw a tiktok on it that basically said many of the same things i was saying 21 years ago again it's like it's so much better than this dude yeah. The society is so much better than this. I still believe that most people, like 90 to 95% of people, are really good and really care and, and, and think about each other. Um, but that 5% is like someone that is pooping in the pool and ruining it for everyone else, man. But the thing is, the thing is, I bet you if you asked any of those people, that, that, that cop, that cop who, who murdered George Floyd, I bet you if you asked his friends, I bet you if you asked his wife or his whatever, his, his loved one, he's a, he's a great person. He's a kind person. It's not like, it's not like this is happening because these are evil, horrible people. Right. It's happening because it's, it's all possible inside of us. We are all mm. capable of being this. We are all, we, it's like what but for the grace of god there i go right mm -hmm. like it like we think racism is just a guy in a hood right but that's not that's not the only face of racism right right I mean, everyone has a little bit of racism in them <laughs> well you yeah how can you not our our entire country is racist right it is founded on racism it is legislated. It is, it is, we stole this land. You know, like we stole this land. We committed genocide to get it. We, we, we threw, we gave smallpox infested blankets. <laughs> right? Because that was a, a quicker way to win a war. Which is, which is ironic because a lot of the Navajo Indians out in New Mexico are saying they're feeling like the same thing's happening again. Yeah, well, of course they would because they don't have running water. And this is, this is in America, the leader of the free world.
But... Yeah, I just made a video. It's called Stop Looting uh, for the Good of the Country. <laughs> and it starts with me being like, we, you know, this is not going to be popular, but we need to stop looting. And as soon as I say that, I cut to a clip of Yahoo Finance where, <laughs> where they uh, stated that in the last like 10 weeks, uh, billionaires got $434 billion richer in a short, short period of time. You know, um, <laughs> in that short period of time, like, yeah. Like Amazon's CEO Bezos went up by 30 billion in just the last 10 weeks. So it's like, that's the looting that I see. That's the shady looting that like, you want to talk, I mean, this is my thing. This is why I'm so frustrated with this. It's like, you want to talk about why people are so frustrated and why people, you know, are like so scared of not being able to pay their rent or their mortgage. And it was like, because all that money that was supposed to go to them instead was given us just a few people. And then you wonder why people are so angry, you know? And then you spark the fire with, with this BS between Ahmed who gets, you know, murdered for running, followed by the guy that almost gets uh, murdered in New York, followed I think by Christian Cooper? Christian, yeah, Christian Cooper. Cooper, followed by, you know, you know, George Floyd. Yeah. And like, it it doesn't matter. The only and those only three that would happen in what, in this week, in this fucking week. Fast, yeah, it's fast one to two weeks. You ignore like the one hundred and fifty people that died last year that were recorded. Forget about everyone. You got to consider everyone that wasn't, you know, able to record. So it's like, come on, man. Yeah. So and it, and it it's it's sort of like people. If like, people are just like, oh, how come it's still happening? I was like, because when you fundamentally do not believe that black people are people, you can do whatever. Right? Like, do you actually, like, when you're, unless if you're like a super observant Buddhist or something, like, do you care when you squash an ant? Do you care when you squish a spider? Like, so I used to like, have you seen that Far Side um, cartoon? Oh, this is when you show your age and you're like, have you seen that Far Side cartoon? I watched Far Side. Uh, I looked at Far Side. When uh, there was this, I think it's a picture of a kid holding a magnifying glass to like. Oh, and he's like. Right. And, but then like above him, God has like this magnifying oh, glass. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, that's and, interesting. It always reminds me of that. Like every time I squash a bug, I just like, I like briefly look over my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> right? But like, that's, that's the mentality of like, oh, black people deserve this because they're X, Y, Z. Asian people deserve this. Chinese people deserve this because they eat bats. You know, like so-and-so deserves this. Feminists deserve that. You deserve that because you shouldn't have worn that. You should have right. drank. Like right. it is, is blaming the victim always when really no maybe white people maybe asian people should see black people as people as humans right like that's why it's so easy that's why it hasn't changed it's only being filmed it's because fundamentally baked into the like roots of our of our country 
is that red people don't matter. Black people don't matter. Brown people don't matter. Yellow people don't matter. Jews don't matter. <laughs> right? Like until people don't matter until they become white enough or white adjacent enough. So that's why that's why it keeps happening. That's why it can happen with impunity. That's why that cop can like any cop like, and again, I am saying this as a person who has benefited from the police. The police have helped like I've called the police to like come to my house to you know because my father was trying to murder my mother. Okay? Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I have not benefited from the police. I'm not saying that I as a, an Asian person with like white proximity haven't benefited from these structures. I'm not say, I'm saying this I'm not saying this as a person who doesn't like structure. I'm like the most anal retentive person. I love structure. I love laws. I love like people being good citizens. I love people not looting. Okay. I I love just I I love the suburbs. I am that milk toast human who loves the suburbs. Right? Like I I just want a boring life. That's fine. But at the expense of other people, mm. at the expense of black people, at the expense of like not East Asian presenting Asian, at the expense of like you know, like that's is that worth it? I don't. Know. I mean that that is a chat. That's a hard question to ask. Like, is your comfort? Also exploiting others. <laughs> oh, of course it is. We're Americans. We explore you know, like, Yeah, right. Like we're built on that. Um, that's why our we have our iPhones, you know, and all this other stuff, right? Because some like child made it. That's why it's like Hunger Games, and we're the capital. You know, like I, um, there's this uh, <laughs> there's this anti-racist activist, this older white woman named Jane Elliott. Um, oh yeah. I love I love Jane. And do you remember when she was in that auditorium and she goes she goes, Okay, this is a question for everyone that's white here. It's just like stand up if you'd be willing to switch places with a black person right now. Like you'd be willing to become black, like, you know, you'd be willing to take on what they have to take on. Go ahead, stand up. Hmm. And no she's like, Wait, maybe you didn't understand my directions. My directions were, please stand up if you feel you'd be willing to switch places with a black person right now. And then she goes, wait a minute, none of you are standing up. So you know. You knew all the whole time. I didn't have to be here to do that. You all, you've always known. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you just didn't want to admit it. And I was like, oh, ouch. Yeah. It's like, dude, you knew it. You just don't want to do anything about it. But I guess the question, and this is, you know, the, that always comes up is like, okay, well, you know, let's say I'm, I live in the suburbs, right? And I'm like, well, I, disag- I disagree. I, or I disagree with um, all the police brutality and stuff like that. But what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm, I live in the suburbs, you know, like, come on. Like, what would you say to someone like that? Like I have, I have responsibilities. I have a lot of other things I got to do. I don't have time for this. There's that Google doc going around, right? Like what white allies could do. And there's that medium article about like what Asian allies can do. Um, I'll, I'll include those in the links, I guess, um, in the like show notes. But, uh, but if I'm someone and I see the medium article, that's like 75 things that 
that I, as a white person, can do. I'm like, man, I'm not going to do any of those things. <laughs> I'm not going to read that article. <laughs> then that's then that's that, that's that's, uh, that's part of it, right? That's right? part. Of it. That is a good. That's a good point. It doesn't matter what I say right now, right? True. Right. You think change? It's hard enough to lose weight. You think it's easy to change a whole mind system, dude. I've been saying that for years now. Like you're trying to change someone at a, on a part-time basis when you can't change yourself on a full-time basis. Come on. Oh yeah. 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 And it, it's so hard because it's like we're programmed. We're programmed for racism. We're programmed for anti-blackness from the moment we are born. We are programmed for anti-blackness and, 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 you know, patriarchy. Cause that, I mean, who is the gatekeeper? I, have you, haven't you seen that meme? Who is the gatekeeper of the patriarchy? And it's white women. <laughs> so it's like... It's, it's, uh, it's also really hard, though, because sometimes you don't even recognize what privilege you do have. Oh, um, yeah. there's, this, there's this TED Talk this guy did where he, he was some researcher and he did this game he played monopoly right he had mm -hmm. he had like students play monopoly um and he rigged the game um where one person can roll with two dice and the other person can roll with one dice and the person that could roll with two dice also had more money um <laughs> to start off the game and he just he filmed the whole thing and he put this like uh bowl of pretzels in the in the middle and he found that throughout the game, the person that was winning started eating more of the pretzels, started like commanding more of the board, started acting more cocky, and really believed they were winning because they were a better Monopoly player. Okay. I mean, I get it. I Not understand. because they started off with more stuff. And they even knew the rules to begin with that they still forgot. Like, you forget. Like in the span of just a few minutes, what even that privilege is. So imagine the privilege you might've had your whole life. You don't even see what you have opportunities to that other people don't. And what people don't realize, and it's even hard for me, is that it doesn't mean that you didn't suffer. Right. It doesn't mean that, it's not an Olympics of suffering. It doesn't mean, <laughs> like, that, it doesn't mean that you didn't work hard or you didn't study or you didn't mm -hmm. like, you know, have to, encounter hardship or adversity and have you know it doesn't mean you weren't an underdog <laughs> like but like you didn't none of no one makes things alone even the weakest of us right like it and it doesn't take away anything from you to have had help or to have had a leg up it's like what do you do with that so, but my question to you then is all those people that wrote those hateful comments when you spoke up about affirmative action, where do you think they were coming from? What do you think that you, what do you, why do you think they were so angry? Why do you, what do you think because they were attacking? Everyone thinks there's one pie. Everyone wants to be white. Mm. Everyone wants what the white people have, right? Mm power adjacent i mean power money i mean what what do you think china is it's just the like america to the east right it's just the co colonialists it's just uh, the babies away but uh, but you know like 
we're fighting for the wrong pie. Right. There's more than one pie, and you don't have to, like, kill someone else to get it. Right. You know? And sometimes the world feels like a zero-sum game, but it's not. It really isn't. I, I firmly believe that it is not. Um, right, that, it, that it's more abundant than we thought of. But it's not a... Sorry, my kid's in me. But it's out of fear. It's always out of fear. Why do people become isolationists? Because they're afraid of the outside. Yeah. Why do people become activists? Because you're afraid of what the world will become if you do not. Mm. Right? How do you react to this fear? And that's, I mean, that's why I wrote my piece, right? Like, uh, because I am afraid. Because, <clears throat> like, I didn't start off, I mean, I was kind of already progressive, but I wasn't all like, but the, when, when my children were born, that's when I was like, if my, what if my child is gay? And so some people's reaction is then, well, we'll just, we'll just teach it out of them. We'll just right. hammer it out of them. We'll just become really religious and pray the gay away. Um, but when really it's no, <laughs> see, I mean, you can hear my kid laughing, like this perfect child. This perfect asshole child. Like, but <laughs> he should be an asshole for his behavior, not who he is fundamentally as a person. Right. Right? Like, like I don't ever want him to live in a world where he thinks he his mom won't love him or God won't love him because he he could be gay or trans mm -hmm. or or things that are beyond his control. Okay, mm -hmm. baby, you need to stop being a jerk. And then like you know, like I, I don't, I don't want my children to ever feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so, it is out of this fear that I am vocal about LGBTQ queer rights, right? That that stating what is actually true, right? It's not like they've been waiting for me to be like, oh, finally, Virginia's on the bandwagon to acknowledge that we're actual humans. <laughs> like, no. It's, I don't want to live in a world where black people aren't seen as human or LGBTQ people are seen as like sinners, you know, like I don't want to live in this world. And so out of that fear, that's why I speak up. Right. Yeah. Out of that fear, you either can act or you can pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah, you can protect, you can support the status quo because you're afraid to lose what you already have, or or you can say no. What we what, what they're giving us, they're allowing us, I, is not acceptable. Yeah, you know, and I feel like, and again, I realize I don't even know who's still listening, but uh, you know, why is this on a BTS podcast? Because I think that's totally in the spirit of what BTS is about, is like, you know, they use their platforms to speak out about the things that they care about and believe in. They, they use their power to, to make the world that they want to believe in, to make the art that they want to see, to make the art that they, that they love and care about, to talk about the things that they care about. And we, we don't have to have like millions of fans to do that. Like we don't, we don't need to be, global or famous to do that. You don't even need to be me. 
or Jeff. You don't need to have a YouTube channel or a podcast, right? Everybody has their sphere of influence. Everybody is an influencer, right? Everybody is a salesman. Mm -hmm. It's just how, how do you use the power that you have? Mm. So it's a heavier episode than normal. Actually, I feel like most of my podcasts are heavier than normal. <laughs> but, uh, shall we end it there? <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Thanks, everyone. Please like and subscribe to the notification bell if you're watching it on YouTube. And please subscribe to us. To us. I keep saying us. Me. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. The collective we um, on uh, all your podcasts channels. All right. Be safe. Bye. Be safe. Definitely. <laughs>